0: Wherever you're listening from, whether it's uh, Lincolnshire or uh, Warwickshire or Essex uh, or France or Kent, um, it's great to it's great to have you with us. Um, and uh, we love we love uh, joining together with uh, people across uh, not just not just uh, our community but across other communities. It's it's a real joy and honour to have you to have you w- worshiping with us this morning. So you're very welcome and. Uh, we, we look forward to uh, to worshiping together. Um, we have a prayer meeting uh, this Wednesday evening, which you'd be very welcome to to come to. Um, if you uh, we can send you uh, a link if you're not part of this church, or if you are part of Heathervale, then the the link will have been sent out to you um, by by Nigel. But if you'd like to to join us on Wednesday, please uh, just let me know, and we can add you in. Um, obviously. this this evening we have an important announcement uh, by Boris uh, about uh, the future lockdown and how we move forward. And uh, we need to be praying um, as a church for our nation. And uh, it's a really key time, I think, for us to come together to to pray and to ask for wisdom for for government and also to to pray that that God would would help us as a nation to move forward out out of the lockdown and out of the pending economic uh, crisis that we're now facing as well as the health crisis. So it's, it's a really important opportunity for us to come and pray for our nation, pray, pray for, the, for the government and to seek God uh, in, in what will be undoubtedly a long, long crisis, uh, not just health-wise but economically as well. So uh, please do join us at 7.30 on Zoom uh, this Wednesday evening. And don't forget, it's not too late to come to Alpha. Uh, Alpha is running um, on Tuesday evenings for for younger people. So it's not too late to join. Um, It's just the first session starting this week. And uh, the adult one is on a Thursday morning at 9.30. So please just contact Mark or the church office here and uh, you can sign up um, or, or come along with other people. Please do join that. That's uh, Tuesday night at the Youth Health One at 7.30 or 9.30, the adult one, on a Thursday morning. Please do come along. So I'm, I'm going to hand over to Steve, who's now going to lead us in some singing.
1: Morning, everybody. Um, give me a wave. Hey, lovely to see you all. So we're going to we're going to wash it through a few songs this morning. Um. Really felt I wanted to use this first one because um, it just comes from our heart where we are right now. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father.
2: Great is thy faith. Changes not thy compassions, they fail not, as thou hast been. that's had breath, praise the Lord. Let everything that's, everything that's, everything that's had breath, praise the Lord. Praise you in the morning, praise you in the evening, praise you when I'm young and when I'm old. Praise you when I'm laughing, praise you when I'm grieving, praise you every season of the soul. See how much you're worth, your power, your might, your endless love, and surely. Joining with the angels, praising you forever and a day. Praise you on the earth now, joining with creation, calling all the nations to your praise. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts. Thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts. Thousands elsewhere. Thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your course, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your course, thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your course, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your course, thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your course, better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere Better is one day in your courts Better is one day in your house Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere Thousands elsewhere
1: going to end the show here because Mark's going to come and bring us um, our children's talk. I had a technical problem this morning, it just gave me a black screen, so I'm using a different program to do that, so just one moment.
3: Last week we heard how God saved the Israelites from the Egyptian army and looked after them and fed them as they journeyed through the desert. This week, we're going to find out about how God gave them rules to live their lives. After the Israelites had been traveling in the desert for two months, that's a little bit longer than the summer holidays, they came to Mount Sinai. They were going to stay here for a while, so they set up camp. Plus, they had excellent shelter from the mountain. Moses got unpacked and decided to walk up the mountain to talk to God he was 80 years old so it wasn't that easy for him God spoke to Moses and told him to tell the Israelites to get ready because in three days he was coming down to the mountain to meet them Moses went all the way back down the mountain he told the people to have a bath and clean all their clothes when they were ready Moses consecrated the people this means he prayed for them and declared that they were purified and holy, ready to meet God. In the morning, when the three days had passed, all of a sudden there was a large rumble and a flash of light over the mountain. Thunder and lightning descended on Mount Sinai. Anyone who was still sleeping was startled and woke up suddenly everyone went out to look and saw the lightning and thunder and a very thick cloud that hung over the mountain so you couldn't even see the top. Even the mountain shook and there was a sound of trumpets that could be heard getting louder and louder and louder. The Israelites were terrified. Moses told the people that God was going to speak to them but they were afraid and said to Moses, don't let God speak to us directly or we will surely die you speak to him and tell us what he says we'll do everything you say so Moses went back up the mountain again to hear from God he told the Israelites not to follow him because the mountain was a holy place and God's presence was there he warned them that if they stepped foot on the mountain they would die Moses stayed at the top of the mountain for a long time, for 40 days and 40 nights. God was telling Moses how the people should live. He was giving Moses a set of guidelines about how to make the most out of their lives. God knew what was best for his people. He wanted to keep them safe and protect them, and he wanted them to love and honour him, and following his rules would demonstrate their love for him. God gave Moses a lot of instructions but the main ones, the headlines if you like, became known as the Ten Commandments. God wrote these on big flat pieces of stone called tablets. Let's have a brief look at the Ten Commandments shall we? The first commandment is, you shall have no other gods but me. This means that nothing should be more important than God. No hobbies, tv, video games, even friends and family shouldn't be more important than God. Jesus also said the same thing when he was on earth. He said the greatest commandment was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Or put quite simply, just put God first. The second commandment is do not make or worship idols idols are man-made things that we can make important in our lives we should not worship man-made things because they cannot help us like the first commandment god wants our love and he doesn't want us to bow down and worship statues just because we can't see him in other words god is the only one to whom we should pray number three is broken all of the time God tells us not to misuse his name and to respect it. Many people use God's name like a swear word or say it when they're really upset. God wants us to use his name when we're talking to him or telling others about how loving and caring he is. Using it in any other way is misusing it and God does not like that at all. The fourth commandment, Is remember God's Sabbath. For us, typically this is a Sunday. As we heard last week, God wants us to take one day of the week and rest and dedicate it to Him. When God made the world, He did it in six days and then He rested on the seventh day, and we should do the same. Number five might be a little bit tricky, but it is very important. God says to honour our parents. Sometimes you might think you know best, or you might get frustrated because your parents won't let you do something. But we should do what they tell us because they love us and they want to keep us safe, just like God does. The next few are fairly straightforward. Number six is do not murder. But I think we can take that to mean do not hurt other people or do not be mean and nasty. Number 7, do not commit adultery. Number 8, do not steal. Don't take anything that's not yours. Next comes do not lie. This is number 9. Sometimes we lie because we don't want to get into trouble. Other times it might be because we don't want to upset other people, so we tell them what we think they want to hear the problem is that lies get found out and when that happens you'll get into more trouble than you would have done if you told the truth in the first place and others will get more upset than they would have done when they find out that you haven't been truthful and the last of the 10 is do not be jealous of other people some people might have more than us and others might have less but god gives us what we need, and sometimes other things that we just want too. We should thank God for all he's given us. Jealousy might tempt us to break some of the other commands as well, like do not steal or do not hurt other people, and that would not be good. God knows what's best for us, and we should put our trust in God when God had finished speaking to Moses and written all of these commandments on the tablets Moses took the tablets and carried them down the mountain to tell the Israelites and this is how God gave us the Ten Commandments
4: thank you
1: Um, I'm just going to hand back over to you because my internet has actually gone down and I've got no internet at all. So, um, I would suggest that we just move on to the reading and your sermon. Um, and I'll try and just see if I can reset everything at this end and we'll get the songs later. Okay.
4: Did you catch that Martin? Yeah. Martin? Hello,
5: I think you're on mute.
0: Okay, uh, so Evelyn, um, if you could bring the reading, that would be great.
4: Did you you catch
0: that, Martin? Yes, thank you, Charlotte. Michael, can
4: you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is Exodus chapter 19, verses 1 to 6, at Mount Sinai. In the third month after the Israelites left Egypt, on the very day they came to the desert of Sinai, after they said, out for Iphidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the house of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings, and brought you up to myself. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenants, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites.
0: Thank you, Evelyn. Let's, uh, let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the words that you spoke to Moses and the Israelites um, from the mountain. And Lord, we thank you that you have spoken to us supremely through Jesus, your son. And uh, Lord, thank you for the word that you've written down for us in the Bible. And Lord, as we study your word now, we ask that by your Holy Spirit, you would help us to understand it and apply it to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you to to Mark for uh, another excellent uh, video that really um, sets me up uh, nicely for this sermon. Um, I love I love a bit of storytelling and Mark, you've, you've done it so so well. So thank you. And I'll be drawing on your uh, expertise again next, next Sunday. Um, I have a confession uh, to make this morning. Um, I was told off in Tesco a few weeks ago by a shop assistant. Um, I was uh, told off for going against the arrows on the floor. Um, now, I have to admit that I hadn't noticed the uh, the one-way system uh, on the floor. This was early on in, in lockdown. Um, I had dutifully queued up outside the store, two metres apart from the person in front and uh, behind. So I kind of felt that I'd um, fulfilled my civic duty um, in keeping the rules. So I did what I usually do when I get inside the store, and that's to randomly run towards my favorite food with the trolley, without uh, any consideration for where I am in the store. And a shop assistant stopped me in my tracks and pointed at the floor. And on the floor were arrows saying, obviously it's one way only. And I suddenly realized to my shame that the rules had not ended outside of the store, but there was a highway code, as it were, inside the Tesco store too. Um, Now, I could say, well, are these rules there to restrict my freedom, um, to choose my route? Are they there to suck the fun out of my supermarket experience? Well, that would be a silly thing to say, wouldn't it? The rules are there for my safety and good, and for the safety and good of others. And God gives laws not to restrict our human freedom and to kind of suck uh, the happiness out of life, God is not a joy sponge, it's actually completely the opposite. God gives laws because he is good, just, loving, merciful and holy. And loving God and loving our neighbour, which Jesus says summarises all the commandments, leads actually to a life of happiness, freedom and fulfilment in serving God. Uh, the problem in our culture is that freedom is often defined as freedom from anything that is perceived as restricting our freedom to choose. But interestingly, this sort of freedom has not led to happiness and fulfillment. And despite all of our choices and our so say freedom to uh, create our own moral compass and values, our society has never been so unfulfilled, so anxious, so depressed. so lacking in identity, meaning, and purpose. And interestingly, writers um, like the historian Tom Holland in his book Dominion are beginning to search for the roots of uh, of our culture again and to say quite strongly that our culture, our values, our laws are founded on the Christian faith. And so there there appears to be the green shoots of something of of a kickback against um, denying Christian heritage. So watch this space going forward. But the Bible defines um, freedom not just as freedom from something, but freedom for something. The gospel is what God has done for us in setting us free. The law is what God um, calls us to do with the freedom that he's given us. So in Exodus, The gospel is the Lord's delivering Israel from Egyptian slavery to live in freedom in the promised land. But once they have that freedom in the promised land, they're called to keep God's commands. They are set free from slavery for the purpose of keeping God's commands. And as Christians, we are set free from slavery to sin by the death and resurrection of Jesus for the purpose of living Christ-centered, obedient lives that enable us to shine like stars in this dark world and make Christ known. Christ, the true light, is known as we shine brightly in the dark world by keeping the commands of God. Um, A common uh, misperception is that God in the Old Testament is a God of rules and regulations, while God in the New Testament is a God of grace and love. Um, That's simply not consistent with with the biblical witness. We must be careful not to separate what God has joined together. The Ten Commandments were given to Israel by God because God is both loving and righteous and holy. He loves his people and they show their love for him by keeping his commands. The commands of God are not burdensome, they are They set people free. Um, The Ten Commandments are not restrictions on Israel's freedom, but actually the means to them living free, the means to them having fulfilled lives. So, for example, if Israel kept the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me, they will live happy and blessed lives. This is because the commandments reveal who God is in his goodness, his mercy, his love. And if we serve him and love him first, all the other good things in life, food, holidays, leisure activities, keep their proper place and perspective. If we love God first, we are then free to enjoy all of these other good gifts as gifts of God. But if we seek our meaning, our purpose, our happiness, our joy in created things, we find actually that those things just lead into slavery. And they lead us to feel empty and to feel as though there's something missing in life and to feel as though our lives lack identity and meaning and purpose. But if we put Jesus first and love him first, good things, created things like food and uh, jobs and careers are fulfilling when they're kept in their proper place. And you you can see that the Ten Commandments are given by a God who loves his people When you look at how they begin, Exodus 20, verse 1, and God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Do you notice there that before God gives commands, he reminds his people of the gospel, that he set them free from slavery. Now that's really important. Lest we caricature the Old Testament as all being about commands and rules and regulations, God reminds his people, Israel, of the gospel. I have set you free so that you can keep my commands and be a holy nation. And God shows his love by giving them good commands that demonstrate how loving and merciful he is. And he makes a covenant with his people. uh, Chapter 19, verse 4. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possessions. Um, what is this covenant relationship? Well, it is that God has set his people Israel apart as his chosen and holy nation to make him known. And how do they make him known? They make him known by living distinctive and holy lives by keeping his commandments. And as they keep his commandments, they will prosper and be healthy and strong in the promised land. And as they live distinctive lives from the other nations, centered on God in his love, so other nations will be drawn to God, who is attractive in his light and beauty and glory and love. Now, when we read the story of Israel in the Old Testament, we see that in large part, God's people Israel failed to keep his commandments. They rebelled again and again, and actually ended up in exile away from home. They failed to keep God's commandments. But out of a small remnant of Israel, Jesus Christ, the true and perfect and faithful Israelite, was descended from the line of David. And Jesus kept God's law perfectly. He obeyed God even to death on a cross, and rose again and shed his blood to establish a new covenant relationship with not just Israel, but with all people who trust in Jesus. They can be brought into a new covenant relationship with God, where the Holy Spirit lives in them, and it's the Holy Spirit who writes God's law on our hearts, according to Jeremiah and Ezekiel. No longer is the law written on tablets of stone But when somebody comes to trust in Jesus and they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit who writes the law on our hearts. So we are changed from the inside. We are transformed so that we desire to keep the commandments of God. So keeping God's commandments is not a burdensome thing. It is our joy, our desire, because the Holy Spirit has changed us from the inside out. So now God's people include not just faithful Israelites, faithful Jews, but all those who trust in Jesus and receive forgiveness and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Apostle John in John 1.12. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And it's the Holy Spirit who lives in us, who gives us a new desire, a new attitude, a new heart to want to keep the commands of God. And he gives us the power to obey the commands of God. And as we keep God's commands, we bless others by making God known. Listen to how Peter describes the new covenant that Christians have through Christ. 1 Peter 2 verse 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Do you see the phrases that Peter uses there, borrowed straight from the book of Exodus? We are a holy nation, a people belonging to God, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, And as priests in the Old Testament used to bless the people and represent God to the people and represent the people to God. So you and I now as Christians are all part of a royal priesthood. We are called to bring God's blessing to everyone in our family, our work colleagues, our neighbors, our community. We're called to bring the presence and blessing and message and character of God to everyone that we come into contact with. I don't know whether you realize you're a priest this morning, but you are. In the new covenant, God says that you are a priest. You're part of his holy nation. You're part of his plan to bless your community with his presence. Um, And just as Israel were called to keep the commands and walk in God's ways and to imitate God in his love, his purity, his truth, his holiness. So that's your call and my call. On our front lines, on the school gate when we get back there, (laughs) in our workplaces when we get back there. Wherever we go, whoever we have contact with, we are to be of God's means of blessing. We are to be God's holy people who make him known through the distinctiveness of our lifestyle, through changed hearts, changed attitudes, through our words, through our actions, through our behaviour. Listen to Paul in Galatians 5 verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So how can you fulfill God's law in this time of lockdown? There it is. Love your neighbor as yourself. And there are lots and lots of ways you can do that. I think, don't underestimate the power of the simple phone call. I don't know if you've experienced this, but when you lift the phone to somebody and have a live conversation, whether that's somebody who's isolated in in your community, a neighbor, or somebody in the church who just needs a chat, I've been lifted by doing that. And I know the person that I've called has been lifted. You know, the good old phone, you remember the phone? Let's pick it up and use it and uh, speak to people. Or if you're out walking, and, and sometimes it's good, isn't it, from a distance to have a conversation with people, just to stand at the end of somebody's garden, the driveway, and just to, just to have a chat with them. Um, we've, we've experienced that on a number of occasions. Um, people have been out with their front door open, and we've just been able to talk or shout sometimes from a distance. But just to have that human contact. There are people in our community who we can talk to. They may be strangers, but why not just have a conversation from a distance or pick up the phone? Don't underestimate the power of that connectedness. So we're called to love our neighbor, to look out for people in our streets, our community who might need a bit of support, a bit of love, a bit of um, connectedness. Jesus said, didn't he, in Matthew 22, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. That sums it up. The first four commandments of the Ten Commandments are all about loving God, aren't they? You shall have no other gods before me, and so on. And the next six are all about loving our neighbor. You shall not murder you shall not commit adultery, you shall not lie, etc. All about loving our neighbour. And so if you want to remember the Ten Commandments, remember the words of Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbour as yourself. Um, This is an opportunity to love God and love our neighbour, isn't it? To show the love of Christ, to be a holy nation, a royal priesthood. We can pray for people. We can let people know that we're praying for them. We can post things online, um, scripture verses. We can look out for the needs of our local community with phone calls and with simple things like with shopping, uh, with a conversation over the fence, just expressing neighbourly love. Um, We can point people to other um, signposts and to other resources. Um, Just to make you aware, Care for the Family and the Baptist Union on their websites have brilliant resources to support anybody whether in the church or outside the church who is experiencing grief um, or mental health issues whether that's related to grief in COVID or just mental health anxiety there are brilliant resources on the BU website or on the care for the family website that you can signpost people to and we've put the links on our website so if you know people who are struggling and need a bit of support why don't you signpost them to those um Um, organizations on our website and say you can receive um, counseling support albeit virtually at the moment but there are those resources there so let's be looking out for opportunities to love our neighbor and let's be a people who are holy a light shining in this dark world we want to make christ known and god has chosen you and me to be a holy nation a royal priesthood and as we keep his commands. We display to a watching world, to our community, the light, the beauty, the holiness, the love of Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. He's attractive. He draws people to himself. And we want to be imitating Christ by keeping his commandments in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Jesus, thank you that you are the light of the world. And thank you, Jesus, that In your holiness, in your love, you are beautiful and attractive. Jesus, help us to imitate you, to walk in your ways and keep your commands. Our desire, Father, is to be a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to you who declare your praises, a light shining in the darkness. Lord, help us to be that light in a dark world. Fill us with your spirit, Father. Transform us from one degree of glory to another, that we might reflect, Father, your glory. The light of Christ might shine in us and through us, and that people might be drawn to him through us. Father, forgive us when we have lost sight of this high calling, this priestly calling to make you known and to display and reflect your glory. Lord, forgive us when we grumbled and become sort of self-centered, Lord, help send us out again in the power of your spirit to love and serve our neighbour as ourselves and to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And Lord, fill us with your spirit for this purpose. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Yeah, I'm back. We made it back. Um, So had to put another 50p in the metre for it to all work. Um, So, yes. Uh, apologies for that our internet went down um so um i'm sorry that uh, that happened but right just one moment i just need to share some screens and then afterwards i'm going to play the the uk blessing that has been um out this last week which has had over a million views and it's been just amazing to see what god has been doing I lift my hands to the
2: coming King, to the Great I Am, to You I sing, for You're the One who reigns within my heart. I am I am to you I see you I see to you
5: and oh. Peace that surpasses all understanding be our message. Grace and favors in your nature, in your essence. Please favor be upon you and a thousand generations. And your family, and, and your children, and their children, and their children. Please favor be i